the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by National Fitness Training, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. That's me. I love that riff. Oh. A lot of show to do, not much time to get to it, so we got to be quick here. You know, it's funny that the, the song comes in and says, I believe in miracles, because that's what the Leafs need right now. They lost four games on the road. They score one goal. I'm going to make for the nachos. That's it. And you know what? Honestly, I think it just gets worse before the All-Star break comes up as well. They play uh, Carolina this week, and they play um, the Senators in Ottawa on Wednesday. And we'll have Mark Osborne on the show to tell us what went wrong on the four-game road swing. Our soothsayer, he's going to look into his crystal ball and figure out what's going on and this week. seeing what's going on right now before the All-Star break. Are we buying or are we selling as Maple Leaf fans right now? And Mark Osborne will tell us that when we come back. All right, grab yourself a cold beverage. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio and Radio That Doesn't Suck. It's Paul Capricante, host of the Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time. Your times for the Vinyl Experience. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. 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 Mojo! Yeah, we stole that. Now, back to the show. The thunderous kick foot of John Bonham. Oh, and the harmonica. Yeah, so I'm going to the game really excited. Really? Yeah. You're wasting your money, are you? Uh, free tickets, can't complain. <laughs> well, before we get there... We're going to talk about the Leafs review from last week. Mark Osborne and I were having a little one-on-one about what we thought we're going to... A little wager, I think. A little wager, the prediction was. And um, so what we're going to do is we're going to cut to the footage from last week, what we said. What you said last week. Yeah, and then we're going to come back to what was to see who was right. Okay, so have a listen. I say they've got two winnable games in there depending on which team shows up. So I say they go two and two in this, and that makes me three and three. Okay, so so Oz says... uh, uh, one and three or one, two and one. How about that? Okay, so there we go. We had a listen. <laughs> Could I have been more wrong on that prediction last <clears throat> week? You were you were out there. Right off. And you know what? Ozzy wasn't much better. Ozzy, you there? You got it, baby. I'm here. So um, so we were a little wrong on a prediction from last week from uh, the four-game road trip. I, I think you misunderstood my prediction. I, I said three, three goals. Oh, <laughs> uh, in the Maple Leafs organization, isn't it one goal? Oh, man. Uh. I, you know what? Uh, I, I thought, boys, that obviously with the coaching change, the way that they won uh, against Columbus, it was going to be tough going out west. No question about it. You, you would have uh, played a couple of teams in which you've already beaten. 
uh, excuse me, uh, this season already in Anaheim and Los Angeles at home. Uh, you also beat those two teams last time on your Western Swing last year. And uh, even though in spite of that, I thought the change would be good to get away from all the white noise around here, especially when the players see Chuck walk through the dressing room and like, <laughs> oh, man, we need to get out of here. Let's get out of town, get some sun, and uh, pull together as a team with the new coaching staff. But, you know, while they did a, a number of things well, you know, the bottom line is scoring and it's winning hockey games, and they did none of the above. Well, Oz, they scored one goal in four games. They got Prolific. shut out three times on this. I know, isn't is that what I said? Yeah, but what the, what's <laughs> going on? I mean, is is this is this a Carlisle deal? Is this a Horacek deal? Or is this a lack of offense deal? We're getting a better pick. That's what we're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah I, you know what? It's it, it, There's a lot of factors. I mean, you can't necessarily say, well, it's, it's you know, Peter or Randy or... Um, I, I think we expected a lot more than that, what they were able to produce, no question, out west. I think I said it earlier, is that the one and the most difficult thing I think that's going to occur for this team is to make a complete 180 from the way that they played without attention to detail. I think cheating, uh, relying too much on your goaltenders, uh, trading chances of which, you know, for the... I mean, they didn't score goals, and they don't have the ability to score goals by chance. And now they're a little bit banged up. No loophole, no Holland, no Komarov. I mean, those types of things do, uh, you know, hurt your hockey club. But now what I see has occurred since the coaching change is that they have been able to reduce scoring chances against, but at the same time in doing so, they've, uh, what's, what's suffered is their ability to produce offensively. And, and yet... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it still comes down to a common uh, contributing factor of what I really believe that Brendan doesn't need to look further to evaluate this entire season. I think he understands his core group is simply does not have the, uh, you know, just the character or the, the necessity to play with bite, passion, um, they're a very fragile group, to say the least, and, and I don't think they're strong enough, uh, you know, as, as a core group to get beyond just being an average hockey team. I think the word you were looking for was truculence. <laughs> we heard well, that. You know what, I, wasn't, I wasn't really looking for truculence because <clears throat> maybe truculence takes different shapes and forms. Uh, sometimes we look at truculence as being a belligerent team to play against. I think that teams in Calgary now that they have a work ethic. <laughs> And no, that means that also means just you know being willing to do the little things and to compete for pucks, and that's where they're not very good at. They they want an easier type of game, and you know unfortunately that's not a recipe for success in today's uh, game of hockey. In spite of the fact of you know we're we're now almost ten years into rule changes, you still can't be reaching for pucks and playing um, as though you're going to be competing in in fencing in the Pan Am games coming up next summer. So my question is, they've lost five or six games since Carlisle's been dismissed. Six. Yeah. So inside of that, this last road trip, 
had a ton of information you can garner from it. You know, they've scored one goal in four games. They're coming back right now just before the All-Star break. Is this the time right now where Shanahan needs to either step up and say we're buyers or sellers? Because they're on the bubble right now of either getting into that last playoff spot, making a push for it with Horchek at the helm, or does he sit back and become a seller right now and just let it implode and then move some guys, make some deals, and move forward with you know the offseason, hopefully looking for Babcock? Well, you know what? I'd, I'd be shocked if they're not sellers, Chuck. I mean, it, it is clear to me, at least, that with a team that's up against the cap with a lot of long-term commitments to Kessel, Fanuf, uh, that that's a two-starting point. David Clarkson is another. Uh, you simply have to find a way to creatively um, change the culture of this team. Uh, and, and I think that some of your high-end guys, certainly uh, you have the ability to do it. The question is, you know, how far are you going to bend in order to either take some other type of contract on and that becomes a character type of guy, a.k.a. L.A., they need a defenseman. Uh, Mike Richards is a character guy. Um, but that's the one way in which you possibly just make a, a unilateral move. The other part is uh, you shed a guy like Phil Kessel for the short term and you acquire young, young players or young draft picks or talent that's already been drafted, and you build that way. That's the only way around it. But that's, that's clear to me. Uh, is it clear to Brendan Shannon? That's the question. Well, the difference inside of that is just, you've addressed all the, the big rocks in the jar, but the one thing that we're really missing on right now is leadership. <clears throat> so if you're going to go that way, you need to bring in, if you're going to retool, you need to have character guys. Like, you know, you need your yeah. Wendell Clarks. You need the, you know, Killers. You need the, the David Andrzejczyk. See, that was the problem with, with Mats is they wanted Mats to be a leader and score goals. And I don't know if one player can, can do both. Uh, that's just my opinion. Well, <clears throat> there's only a handful of teams that have those kind of players. Jonathan Case is one character leads. Patrice Bergeron. I could go down the list of teams that have uh, leadership, and that's why they're successful as far as, uh, just all of the above in which you stated. Um, you know, the only, and I'll have to go through it. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to do some creative uh, work for you, Chuck, for next week as I look at rosters and salary caps. Here's what I'll say about a guy like Mike Richards, who still has a lot of term left on his contract. Yeah. Um, and yet I, I think the Leafs might be willing to take a guy like him on only because it's just basically you're swapping uh, salary for salary, but in, in taking salary upon salary, what you do is you, you bring in a guy that's one and a guy that has character, uh, something that's missing up the middle for the Maple Leafs, even though he's like third, fourth line in uh, Los Angeles right now. I think that might be um, you know, a short, shorter-term solution. Um, and, and that's what I really do believe when you're up against the cap and it's a cap crunch situation for them. Uh, that might be a suggestion that I have uh, as far as where the Leafs decide to go with you know, contracts and, and character issues. Teams are not going to give you character. Like You have to build that from within. So, again, it's incumbent upon the, the scouting staff to recognize some of these younger players in organizations, maybe guys that have been drafted already that were on the world juniors, that it's going to be very enticing for them to give up some of those kind of players because they're very close 
and a guy like maybe Phil Kessel pulls you over the edge because of, you know, now you plop him into a team that's got some good leadership, he might be a very good player in that situation. I'm going to put you on the spot on this one because um, we all know Shanahan was one of those leadership guys in the dressing room. He actually yep. was able to get on the ice score goals and create that, you know, the dressing room vibe. Looking from Brendan Shanahan's view inside that dressing room, what do you think he sees that he's going to actually go out there and work with Nona to get this done? Well, what does he see? I mean, I, I think it's obvious that they try to add, you know, some of what was lacking last year. I mean, that's why they changed some things in their approach to the game by bringing in Roman Polak, uh, Daniel Winnick, uh, David Booth. Uh, Stefan Robida, and, and hopefully that that was going to, um, you know, further enhance this group already. Um, and yet, you know, the I guess the flaw in all of this, or the warts that have continually, you know, brought up is you got to remember this group of Bozak, Kessel, JVR, Lupel, Dion. Uh, they've been there and done it now for far too often. So. What's your only other solution, really? Like, like, do you want to be a championship team or do you want to be a team that just gets into the playoffs? Like, they've got talent enough to get into the playoffs, but that's as far as the buck is going to stop, I believe. Yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of teams lately in the last few years that have just made the eighth spot. L.A. Kings, you know, did that twice. Getting into the playoffs is the first and foremost part you want to get to because after playoffs starts, we all know it's a different story. Well, L.A. Kings was a different story. There, there was a situation where uh, they were underachieving at the time of which they, they got into eighth place, and there wasn't a lot of difference between eighth place and first place in the West. I mean, I think yeah. that's one thing that we could agree on. Um, you know, the Rangers are a prime example that had a real tough start last year, but, but look at all the other contributing factors that go into you can't necessarily make that comparison. I, I can't make that comparison. Um, when you look at, say, the Rangers, and they brought in Marty St. Louis, character guy. Uh, they've got Henrik Lundqvist in net. You've got a young group of defensemen. Ryan McDonough is your captain. I mean, I could make all sorts of arguments that you don't even have a chance to stand up against if you're going to make those comparisons hey, with listen, the Maple Leafs. I was there in 2010 when the Flyers went into the last game of the playoffs, of uh, the regular season, in a shootout, beats Henrik Lundqvist and the Rangers, gets okay. in the last seed, and comes up and goes to the Stanley Cup final, they lose in six to the Hawks, and I was in the building when they did it. What so, year was that? 2010. Uh, who was part of that team for Philadelphia? Uh, who were your leaders? Gagne, Briere. Um, you had Leighton and Nett there. They went back and forth with Boucher. Um, you know, you had Richards and Carter there. Oh, Richards and Carter. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at those guys. Yeah. Oh. And they didn't last very long there because they didn't actually want to keep the curfews and play nicely inside the sandbox <laughs> with others. So we had to get rid of them. And you know, the, the rest is uh, the rest is history from that point. He's as grown well, up. So. We don't have to worry about that. Him staying up late. Yeah, well, uh, I think in L.A. it's probably working better for them than it was for the Flyers in 2010 as well. But I wouldn't exactly say they were character guys back then, Oz. They had lots of character, but just because you have characters doesn't actually mean that you actually show character, right? It could be okay. a character. Yeah, okay, so. Chuck. Okay, so we'll bring Mike Richards in here, and, and that'll be part of your character. Well, maybe now he's evolved, and maybe, you know... Uh, maybe he's evolved. He always was a character guy. I think there was other things that you're referring to that may have been occurring 
in Philadelphia at the time. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun place to play sometimes. You know, like if you're a young kid, and you're making fifty million dollar contracts. It can be a nice place to get out inside of uh, and stretch your legs at nighttime. I think. How are the Flyers doing now, by the way? Yeah, we're we're sellers. <laughs> we're, the Flyers are sellers right now, and uh, we're looking forward to 2015, 2016. You're only you're only at three games under 500. Yeah, but you know what, Oz? We're just the Flyers are not going to make the playoffs this year. I think Hextall knows that. He's going through his trades right now. I think in the next week before the All Star break comes around, or after the All Star break, you'll see a lot of changes with the Flyers. My sources inside those uh, those little. Uh, Places that you don't talk about at parties are telling me that, so we'll see how that goes. Why don't we go pay some bills, Todd? Let's do that. Take a break. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. We need some new music. We absolutely need some new music. I love as that I music. As I see you air drumming. I love it. Yeah. Bonzo in the kit, and he's doing great. Yeah. So, Ozzy, what we're going to look forward to this week right now, before the All-Star break comes up, is uh, they have Carolina. A win tonight. At home. A win tonight. And then they have... The Senators on the road on Wednesday. So we're going to make our prediction here before the All-Star break comes next week. What do you say happens with the Leafs in the next two games? Well, I'm going to make a bold prediction and they split. Isn't that great? Right right on the fence. I'm sitting on the fence and I'm saying Boring. that they're probably going to have an easier time if, if there's such a thing. No game is easy, but, but I think their odds of winning are better in Ottawa than they are tonight. Uh, you're going up against a Carolina team that has played very good defensive hockey. Uh, about the last month or so, they haven't given up a power play goal in 12 games. They've gained uh, points in 15 out of a possible 18 games. And unless you are able to get off uh, you know, on the right foot, uh, much like the game in which you scored four goals in the first period against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, I, I think that you know things work against you here at home against Carolina. I like the way the Leafs... In, in their history of played in Ottawa. Therefore, I think you have a better chance of winning in Ottawa than you do tonight. I think they actually win tonight. They lose in Ottawa. So okay. I'll, I'll go with the split as well. But let's go worst-case scenario, because we didn't do this last week. But worst-case scenario, they lose in at home, and they lose in Ottawa. Uh, going into the All-Star break, what do you expect coming back from the break from Shanahan, from Nonis, uh, what looks like it's going to happen if they lose two games? Well, you know what? <laughs> I don't think the I don't think you alter or change the course at all if they've made up their mind that they're trying to, um, you know, they're they're in you know trade discussions or they're interested in a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, whose name has been floated around and reported by Nick Kiprios on Saturday night. Uh, in regards to the Colorado Avalanche, I know the Leafs are one of a few teams that have really, really strong interests. So, 
So just even if you were to win these two games, I, I don't believe that uh, that all of a sudden you change your course of action. Um, you know, you've got to be committed to what you really believe is the plan. And and uh, and if they really believe that they're on the right track with this personnel, they're they're not going to do much. They're going to wait for a coach in the summertime. But if they really truly believe that uh, you know they can deal some of these players. They'll try, and if not, and if they still think that they can deal these players, they'll try again in the summertime. Well, give us some sort of optimistic view for Leafs Nation listeners coming in right now that you saw last week up at 3 o'clock in the morning every single game last week that you're watching the games. Give me something that you saw from all four games that you are impressed with, what the Leafs showed, demonstrated, and even though the scores didn't go the way they wanted to go, uh, give me something positive or optimistic that you saw that's moving forward is is workable. Well, um, you know what? Like when you when you talk about positive, and, and it's interesting to be around and listening to all the the pundits, the writers, everybody just broadcasting the things that the Leafs have, have done is to cut down the scoring chances or to play a more defensive minded game. I mean, that to me should be a given. Like. Why are we applauding that they've actually been able to do that? Um, you know, I want to see them be able to do that at the same time, uh, you know, provide some offense and, and have an all-around game. So you can't necessarily uh, accomplish some things on one end of the ice and then on the other end of the ice, uh, you know, not very be very good at. And, um, again, I, I think they're the voice. Uh, inside that organization and from the coaching staff is of this belief in the mindset is we've scored goals before. We've got a talented group here. Uh, we're going to score again and get it going. Um, I'd like to see what happens when they start scoring again if they're able to go back and play defensive hockey and have an all-around game. So, um, you know, if I'm at least to take some form of positives, I guess it would be that they're a little bit more responsibly without the puck um, but yet, I'm not sure if that's a, a sustainable and a long-lasting uh, uh, ambition for this group in general. Well, we've seen this team score goals in droves, so we, we're confident they can score goals. Why do you think last week the well was dry? They just came up empty-handed well, and scored a goal. Yeah, I've got an I've got an opinion on that, and the reason behind that is because if I look at Tyler Bozak and Nazem Kadri. Um, when you go up against the likes of a Kopitar, and then you go to Getzlaff and uh, uh, and Kessler, and, and then you go up against Thornton and Couture, and then you go up against David Backish. I think that's your reason right there. The, the middle. I mean, they're they're just not strong enough um, when you have to play those heavy teams like that. Uh, um, you know, case in point where you know you're. Your wingers are as good as the players uh, that are at the center position. Tyler Bolzak has now had bagels across the board. You know, bagels. Yeah. Eight out of their last nine games, he's had bagels. So if your centerman isn't producing or at least getting the puck to your scoring wingers, um, that's not very good. Naz, oh, he's done better on draws. Let's, let's congratulate him for being better on draws. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, like for me, guys, and I, and I, I don't mean to be this out of out of a character deficiency, but, but I'm not, and I'm not afraid to say I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I, I want guys to compete, you know, that show excellence, that want to be committed, that are doing everything that they can to be a committed professional hockey player, 
have yet to see that for the five years that, that Nazem Kadri's been here. Yeah, 20 goals, but we keep on giving this guy more uh, more lives than uh, than Felix the Cat. He's just disappeared. Yeah, he's completely disappeared. Well, you know, and I don't want to be a Nazem Kadri basher, but we all know what we're going to get into with with Nazem Kadri. So, to me, one thing that you've actually said about on that four game road swing when they walk into these different barns, they have different number one centers. They're going to they have to play against. No matter where they go, Ozzy, they're, they're going to run into those character first liners. So, yeah. are you saying right now that they can't compete with the guys they have up the middle right now with anywhere that they go with the lineup that they have? Um, you know what, Tyler Bozak, and, and I'm going to, I guess, remain a little bit of patient with Tyler. I, I think Tyler has uh, has far exceeded anybody's expectations as, as to the way that, you know, an undrafted player uh, has had good chemistry with, the, with you know, Van Riemsdyk and Phil Kessel, um, you know, is good on draws, I think can be very, you know, smart defensively. Um and and then he's also gone through the death of his grandmother as well, um, and so I'm I'm just gonna I guess give him a little bit more time to find his way out of this. But you know I just you know I'm uh, again just questioning a little bit of you know again when push comes to shove, he's been noticeably quiet for these last three weeks or so, and uh, I think they need a lot more out of him if uh, you want those two on the wings to goals it's got to start up the middle well I think he's the only one that has any sort of chemistry at all with Phil Kessel so if you don't have a Tyler Bozak you don't have a Phil Kessel and Kessel will just you know turtle up and go into the corner and die so yeah you know what and 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 the analytics will tell you well you got to put him with Nazem Kadri well if if for whatever reason and again it shows you the lack of maturity of these players in general is that uh, I've seen it and like if Tyler and Phil are not together uh you know, I'd hate to put it as as far as describing it as as though they're pouting, but their pouting. body language, but their body language and the way that they approach, you know, the game uh, leads me to believe that that's the case. And so that that again is a, a as a function of your character. Just play, you know, enough already. You know, just play and find a way to win and show me something. That's all. Yeah, but Oz, you're old school with that mentality as well. When you say just play, everybody says the words just play or suck it up, princess, or get out there, buttercup, you know, stop. What does it really need to get done to a professional athlete these days that you need to actually say, hey, listen, enough with the bagels. You know sorry, your about job. Your, sorry about your grandma. Yeah, but, you know, you got to go out there, you got to perform. Yes, you, you do, and, and I think that's why the coaching change was made, you know, because Randy is a matter-of-fact old school and with this particular group, or lack thereof, of you know the type of I guess character that you have in this group, that they just didn't respond collectively as a you know in a wholehearted, um, consistent manner for these you know years that Randy was coached. Randy got in the playoffs two years ago. I mean, they had some identity, and granted, everybody was of the same mindset that you know you can't play Colt Nord and Fraser McLaren, but at least in that shortened season, they had. Some form of identity, and teams did not like playing against them. Yeah. Um, you know, now now that they're a team that you like to play against, because um, you know, again, they're defensively not sound enough, and and the, the voice is the only thing that's changed. And hopefully, with a different approach, is what we talked about before. You know, can Peter? He's going to say the same things, or focus on the same things defensively. It's just going to be said in a different tone.
Well, I'd like to see what happens in the next two games this week. We have the All-Star break coming up in Columbus as well. And as always, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, we'll see how you did in your predictions next week, Mark Osborne. You have a good break, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, you as well, guys. And, and I hope maybe we get some different music, and that's a good change for us next time. <laughs> what do you want to hear? We'll play anything. I don't know. Just give us something. Get us inspired. Okay. Excellent. We'll play some Captain and Tennille next week. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. We'll be right back after this short break. some bad company right here on Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. You have to tell me before you change the songs on me like that. You're I'm, rattling me right I'm, now. I'm keeping you on your toes, man. I've never heard bad that company, track before. Bad company, Okay. Wow. So we're going to see what's going to be happening in the Crystal Ball, the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. They're playing Carolina and the Ottawa Senators. And, and Mr. Fensitter was one and one. Yeah, and I say they, uh, they go uh, ice the opposite way. They lose in Ottawa. They win at home. Okay. against Carolina. All-star break. Worst case scenario is they lose both games together and we all cry. <laughs> and then replace the coach, right? Again. <laughs> Again. It's a weekly thing. Yes. All right. Uh, what are we doing next week? Same thing, getting Mark on and... And we out. got a big week next week. We got Gabe Polsky, the director of the premiering movie Red Army about the Soviet right. Union coming so out. So we got two shows next week. And January 30th is the premiere of Red Army, so tune in on January 30th in theaters near you in Montreal and Toronto. Awesome. Catch you right back here next week on Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his infinite world of mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radiothatdoesntsuck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155.